the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. There was a little girl in school, in art class, and she was drawing away, she had her tongue sticking out, and she was coloring like crazy. And the teacher said to her, what are you drawing? She said, well, I heard this in Sunday school yesterday, so I'm drawing Jonah and the whale. The whale swallowed Jonah. And the secular humanist teacher told her, well, honey, of course you know that that's scientifically impossible. A whale can't swallow a man. A whale has a very, very tiny throat. Can't do that. And the little girl says, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jonah. She said, okay, but what if he's not there? And the little girl said, well, then you can ask him. <laughs> we, the story of Jonah, uh, it really isn't about Jonah and the whale anyway. A better translation of that Hebrew word is either great fish or, best translation, sea monster. Jonah and the sea monster. doesn't have quite the same ring, does it? But that's, that's a better translation. And in this story, it starts quite a bit before what we, what we read today in the text. The word of the Lord came to Jonah the prophet and said, You need to go to Nineveh, that great city of Assyria, and go and preach destruction because there is so much wickedness there that I'm going to allow the city to be destroyed. So go to Nineveh and preach destruction. So Jonah gets on a ship and heads to Tarshish, which is exactly the opposite direction, of the opposite end of the Mediterranean world. He doesn't, Jonah doesn't want to go to Nineveh. He doesn't want to go to Assyria because the Assyrians were their enemies. They had run over Israel. They were one of the superpowers that ran over Israel and, and captured them and so forth. And the Assyrians were by all accounts a pretty brutal and stupid people. Uh, they, they, they war crimes and all kinds of stuff. Actually, Assyria is modern-day Iraq, by the way. And Jonah wanted to go to Assyria about as bad as we want to go to Assyria today. So he's on the ship, and uh, the reluctant prophet, well, most of the prophets were reluctant as far as that goes, you know, remember Jeremiah, the Lord, word of the Lord came to him and he said, hey, I'm just a kid, I can't be a prophet. What? And the Lord said, doesn't matter, I don't know what to say, I'm a kid. The Lord said, yeah, well, that's fine, I'll put my words in your mouth, and so go, I'll, I'll speak on your behalf. Okay, remember Amos, I, I'm no prophet, I'm a farmer. Well, you're a prophet now, so go. Uh, remember Isaiah, ooh, ooh, I can't be a prophet, I'm a man of unclean lips. Put a burning coal on his lips there. Now your lips are clean. Go, tell him what I told you. This is what prophets always wound up with. Everybody wanted to be a priest because they did all the cool ceremonial stuff and got the honor. Nobody wanted to be a prophet. Prophets were as popular as cat crap because they always came and told people, thus saith the Lord. And, and they didn't foretell the future. That's, that's a, 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 a misbelief. Prophets spoke to the present situation. The only thing that was future about prophets was when they said, and if you don't listen to the Lord, then this will happen. That's the future part. So Jonah, the reluctant prophet, he's on the ship heading to Tarshish, the wrong way, 
and a tremendous storm comes up. And it's a, apparently a very localized storm, like right around the ship. <laughs> and the pagan sailors are scared, witless, and they are going, wow, somebody must have teed off somebody's God to have something like this happen. Is there anybody here that's done anything with their God that you, know, you weren't supposed to do? And everybody kind of was looking around, and Jonah finally went, yeah, it was me. I'm supposed to be going that way, and, you know, we're going that way. And they said, well, well what can be done about it? Is there some way you can appease your God and make this, we're going we're gonna to drown here. Is there some way you can stop this and appease your God? And uh, Jonah said, well, yeah, there is. You could bind me hand and foot and throw me overboard. That would do it? Yep, that would do it. Gee, we kind of hate to. You seem like a nice guy and you're a paying customer, but if you insist, <laughs> splash. And as soon as they threw him in, the sea was as calm as glass. And even the pagan sailors went, wow, that guy's God really is the true God. Meanwhile, Jonah is swallowed by the sea monster. He's in the belly of the sea monster for three days. And this is as a type of Christ. Remember, Jesus referred to that just like the Son of Man is in the, like Jonah in the belly of the whale three days. The Son of Man is in the tomb for three days. And then, tomb couldn't hold him. Well, sea monster couldn't hold Jonah either. And he is spit up on the shores of, you guessed it, Nineveh, where he was supposed to go in the first place. <laughs> so, oh, rats. So he's there. And he figures, well, the word of the Lord came to me one time. I better listen to it since that didn't work out. So he goes up and down the length and breadth of Nineveh. He's preaching destruction. The Lord's going to bring destruction. And he was kind of hoping he, that the Lord would bring destruction because he didn't like the Assyrians. And uh, lo and behold, they took it seriously. Jonah had success that no televangelist today ever dreamed of. I mean, people really took in what he said and listened to it. And they all... Uh, begin a process of repentance and that means uh, wearing sackcloth and ashes that was the ancient sign that you were genuinely sorry and that you were going to turn around and, and be different that you you know you you felt bad and so they were all in sackcloth and ashes from the king on down everybody everybody even some of the animals it says were in sackcloth and ashes and you know i have a visual of this I'm thinking cows in sack dresses, which I believe is where the term moo-moos originated. <laughs> uh, I, th I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Maybe I just made that up. But, but it, in my mind, that, that's kind of what they look My mother used to have some of these back uh, in the uh, late 50s, I think it was. Or, yeah, yeah, I think that's where that comes from. But even the animals were in repentance. And so the Lord... The word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. And the Lord said, you know, uh, I, I've seen these Assyrians, these Ninevites, and they, they are genuinely sorry. They're turning around. They're going a different way. I, and, and you know what? They are repenting, and I'm going to too. I'm going to repent of the evil that I was going to allow to happen to them. I'm going to, I've changed my mind. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be gracious and merciful. Well, see, Jonah said, that's exactly why I didn't want to come here. You know, this is the kind of crap that happens all the time. You are a gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. I knew this. I knew. Isn't this just like you, Lord, to let them off the hook? I go out here and preach destruction for three days, 
And I, now I look stupid. You're not going to destroy them. And besides that, I kind of was hoping you would. You know, at Apocalypse Now, I love the smell of brimstone in the morning. Let them ha light them up, Lord. Well, no, he didn't do that. So uh, then the Lord said, well, I, I caused that bush to give you shade. You didn't do anything for that. Uh, so why can't I do what I want for these people who are repentant? Good story. In the gospel lesson, we have exactly the same theme. It's the workers in the vineyard. So the landowner goes out, hires guys early in the morning, mid-morning, noon, mid-afternoon, and about an hour before quitting time, he hires some others. And they all agree for the one standard wage, one denarius per day. And so they go out there, and when it's time to pay them off, he says, well, bring those that just worked an hour, start off with them and pay them off. Give them, a, give them all a denarius. So they all come in, and the next ones, they get, and when he gets to the first ones, they're, they're thinking, oh boy, we're going to get more for this, because man, he gave those guys who did almost nothing a, a, a full day's wage. And so he gives them a denarius as well, the standard wage. Now they're teed off. Well, we bore the heat of the day. You gave those others as much as you gave us. And the landowner said, can't I do what I want with what I have? Are you jealous because I'm generous? You, you got what we agreed on. If I want to be generous to these people who probably need to make a living too, if I want to be generous to them and gracious to them, I can. That's the message of the Old Testament lesson. That's the message of the Gospel. That He is the God of the second chance. And the God of the third chance. And the God of the 70 times 7 chance. That He is the God that looks at people and says, I am most of all, I'm not interested in destruction. I'm interested in reconciliation. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to bring people to be close to me and hopefully close to each other. There are some really good lessons in, this, in these two stories. And I think there are questions that we should ask ourselves from these stories. The first question is, when have I been nudged by God? When has the word of the Lord come to me to nudge me to do something, to maybe say something to somebody or do something to help somebody? When have I been nudged and went the other way? When has the Lord come to me and said, you know, here is somebody who needs good news of God's grace and mercy. And because I'm a Lutheran, I looked at my shoes and did nothing and said nothing. The second question is, who are the stupid Assyrians in your life? Who are the people that pull your chain? Who are the people that are irritating? Who are the people you just as soon see the Lord light them up? Those are people that God has grace on too. Another question is to say to ourselves, uh, have I forgotten? Have I forgotten the grace that God shows me? Did I, did I forget last week's lesson about the, the servant who owed 10,000 talents worth of silver? Have I forgotten what the Lord has done to me? How can I forget what I'm supposed to do with other people? So today we pray. Lord, upon whichever shore you spit me up today, let me speak your will, your words, and do your will. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.